0: a podcast from Impact 89 FM
1: WDBM East Lansing
2: Welcome to Impact Exposure Exposure is 88.9 the impacts 1 hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community and now tonight's exposure
3: this is The Impact Exposure. I want to thank you for joining us. I've got a great show lined up for you tonight. A little later on, we'll be talking with Elizabeth Curlew from the uh, Department of Student Life about the uh, housing fair that's coming up. Uh, afterwards, I'll be speaking with uh, Chad, who's the Artistic Director for the uh, Peppermint Creek Theater Company, about the uh, uh, production of fiction that they have coming up, as well as uh, L. Zubar from uh, a local sorority talking about one of their philanthropy events. But before we get to any of that, we're joined in the studio by uh, a few folks from uh, Scene Metro Space. Uh, Peter Richards, the uh, Director, Master of Puppets. Uh, I'm not sure which which title fits best, uh, as well as uh, Josh and Ben, a couple of the artists involved in, in their their local exhibit, uh, gentlemen. Thanks for uh, for joining us tonight.
4: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
3: Well, now you've got uh, Sound and Fury, the fine art of rock posters, uh, going on right now. Tell us what that's all about.
4: Uh, it's an exhibit of contemporary rock flyers, uh, advertisements, basically for shows. It features 19 different artists, seven of which are local. Uh, A couple are from Detroit and Kalamazoo, and then the rest of them are from around the country.
3: Excellent. Now, uh, how does an exhibit like this come together?
4: We put out a a call for proposals, and and in this particular case, I also kind of cold-called a bunch of my uh, favorite poster artists that I found (laughs) online, and about 80% of them um, replied in the affirmative that they would send work for the show. So we got some really... Uh, interesting work from some nationally known artists to uh, put in the context of some of the things that are happening locally.
3: So so why rock posters then?
4: Uh, A couple reasons. Um, One, I think it falls into the category of of neglected art mediums that are kind of overlooked, even though they're they're right there all the time. I I would say not really overlooked, but as an art medium. Uh, It's often thought of as just another advertisement, and uh, most of them end up crumpled up in a in a trash barrel somewhere <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's unfortunate well now i was looking over the list of uh, of some of the the different uh artists or just excuse me the, uh, the different uh, bands that are, that are represented uh you know interpol dropkick murphy's uh misfits the kills like these are actually you know these are personally some of my favorite bands uh were were you generally involved with uh, with those ones or, or which no, which ones are the big name ones for me okay which which just... ones were you guys doing
5: um, I did stuff for a couple for my bands, but mostly good friends of mine, uh, mm-hmm. fun ender, um, Rylan bones. Uh, yeah, just friends of mine from around town, Lansing X.
0: Cool. And what about you? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done, uh, like guys from Lando 45 and I did one for the cheap girls and, uh, Stuff like that, stuff for my band as well.
3: Excellent. Now you guys are both in bands as well, right? Yeah. Were you doing uh, posters for your own bands?
0: Yes, that's uh, kind of how it started.
3: Okay, and then you just kind of uh, got picked up from from other folks in the area. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool, very cool. Well, now um, I also we had done uh, last week, I believe, uh, someone from the MSU Art and Art History Department uh, who's also involved in this. Uh, you mentioned there's some local artists uh, involved in this. Is it folks from uh, MSU or East Lansing? Where are they coming from?
4: There are a couple people that are uh, on faculty in the art or design department, including uh, Chris Corneil and Kelly Salcho, and uh, the curator for this particular show was a, a guest curator, and it was uh, Chris Van Wyk, who is also, I believe, an adjunct professor of graphic design, and he's one of the senior designers at CESA and Associates hmm. here in town.
3: Now, is that unusual to have faculty from MSU involved in, in the art shows? Um...
4: I don't know not 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 uh too unusual um there there have been faculty in the shows before, I suppose a little bit <laughs> <laughs>
3: here and there I guess yeah okay, cool well now uh you mentioned that that this is sort of an overlooked medium for art uh that's just sort of a, a form of advertising. I believe you said that some people see it that way, so f- for you personally, what sets it apart uh from from just mere advertising?
4: Well, I think there's definitely flyers that do fall more into the just advertising. Uh, category and they tend to be kind of plastered over with logos of production companies and promoters and things like that. And then there's a whole separate class of, of posters where the um, the artists that are making them really put a lot of thought and time into them. And if anything, leave them very spare. You know, just just the information, the band name, uh, the venue. In some cases, it takes a little work to read them. <laughs> there's one in this show that I. Book, a couple, yeah. I like to put people in front of this one and say, how long, you know, time them until they can read the band <laughs> name. Is that the Japanther one? It is the Japanther one. I was looking on the website.
3: Is that the one that's the, the cubes the, or, or sort of a cubist sort of uh, look to it? Or that's, um,
4: that's a different one by oh, okay. uh, an artist um, from the Netherlands who has a really unique style. And I should note actually her her name is Zalut and her artwork is in customs right now. It hasn't made it here oh, yet. Wow. It's going up on the walls as <laughs> soon as it gets here. Wow. Um but uh she's been on all the promotional material, so if you're coming specifically to see her work, um it's it's on its way. <laughs>
3: it's it's great work, honestly. I mean just looking at the website, like that one and, and among the others, it's it's really fascinating to look at just one question i had for you guys uh thinking about the the, the um, works that are on display uh when you're approached by a band to to do their their poster i mean how do you how do you sort of capture what that band is about on on a poster like what goes into that process well
5: i guess first of all i should probably say that i approach them most often oh okay yeah but um <laughs> yeah i like to see them Live more than listen to their album, I guess, and get a, a feel for what they're like on stage, and kind of get, you know, uh soak up, you know, their presence and mm-hmm. try to get an idea of what they're like on stage. That makes and sense because really they're
3: advertising their live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: and uh you know, the texture of the of the sounds kind of let that, you know, spill onto the page a little bit.
3: So. Cool. Now, uh, what about you?
0: Uh, uh, I'm Roger? a little more abstract. I kind of make my things or my flyers as a collage they all kind of come together from a pool of images and usually when a band approaches me and asks me to make something i'll ask them to give me just one word just a random word something they're thinking of and then i'll kind of base the design off of that that's just where i go from
3: so is that where those the the random images that you mentioned is that where that yeah. comes from mm-hmm. cool okay um well now i was thinking about this that the metro space also hosts music acts performing at the space uh so so uh, what sort of uh, relationship do you have with, with the music community in, in here in East Lansing?
4: Um, well, with the, some of the local venues kind of scaling back or, or even closing their doors, we've kind of stepped up a little bit and uh, had a little more frequent than our usual weekly shows. Uh, we've also brought in, I think, a, a I don't want to say a higher caliber of musician, because it's, <laughs> it's not about the quality of the music, it's about the draw, but we've brought in some larger drawing names. And we do have a number of really uh, great music events that are coming up that are kind of coordinated with the Rock Poster Show.
3: Now, do you have any that'll be performing while this exhibit is going on?
4: Yeah. um, Saturday the 29th, Calliope is coming out of a year-long hiatus, and uh, they've been doing some recording. Uh, They'll be playing with Auburn Lull and Mason Proper and a band called AM Syndicate from Detroit, which, or not Detroit, Texas, slightly (laughs) different, from Texas, uh, who is one of the guitar players from a band called Rhythm of Black Lines that people might be familiar with. And after that, uh, we've also got Matt Milia from Frontier Ruckus with uh, Head & Toe and The Bell Tree on October 13th. Um, Jenny Hoiston, who is the singer from Erase is coming through with a fantastic indie folk alternative strangeness artist <laughs> named adrian anemone who apparently uses puppets as part of her show wow nice. um so those are a couple that are coming up
3: very cool so now uh getting back to the the sort of the rock poster uh concept is this just rock is this any kind of music that's being represented
4: there is a little bit of leeway with the term um you know some people even we have some po- posters from the band tortoise and some people wouldn't necessarily automatically call them rock uh there is some stuff. Uh, Dennis Preston, who I f- forgot to mention earlier, who's on faculty at LCC, has a poster for Ravi Shankar. Um, so we we reach out a little bit into like some jazz and abstract music and things like that, but I would say 99% of it is somewhere in the rock idiom.
0: Cool. Cool, very cool. That 1% would be the Lewis Black poster? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a Lewis Black poster. <laughs> excellent. That's excellent. Pretty
3: sweet. Yeah. Uh now so you, you mentioned some of the other artists that are be will uh, be performing. Uh, any anyone we might recognize?
4: Um for musicians that are coming up. Oh, sorry, no, for the uh, the artists like in that are in the
3: show. Yeah.
4: Yeah, um Jay Ryan from the Bird Machine Collective in Chicago has got a couple books of his poster art published. Um it's one of the ways that I that I really uh, became acquainted with his work. We have some of his stuff, uh, Matt Daly, who's a co-worker of his, uh, Dan McAdam, who's out of Chicago, uh, Jason Munn, who's really been doing some nice minimal work for a couple of years, who's from Oakland, California, and also uh, Time Stereo out of Detroit, which is associated with the band His Name is Alive. They have some really cool pieces that are done just with spray paint.
3: Hmm. Wow. So uh, you sought out uh, these these, these uh, artists? Or some of them?
4: Some of them. Uh, Chris Van Wyck is friends with Jay Ryan, so that helped uh, that happen. Uh, and uh, Time Stereo dropped us an email about it after we put out our call for entries. But the other ones I uh, chased down, harassed, and <laughs> cajoled into being in the show.
3: So what was, what was it about them that you really wanted?
4: Um... I'm a bit of a uh, of a junkie <laughs> of a uh, website called GigPosters.com, okay. and that is constantly updated with new posters that are coming out. Um, and you know, often they'll catch my eye, and I'll notice who the designer is. Um, like the other two gentlemen in the room, I make some flyers from time to time, and uh, a lot of them for the scene shows. And so this is kind of like my pool of influences, and I uh, just cold called a bunch of people that i admire um their work
3: so what what sort of mediums go into making these these posters uh for yours for example
0: uh mine's all done in photoshop and then i I get it printed out there are some really really awesome ones done uh, screen printing mm-hmm. uh, that the interpol poster is screen printed very nicely and then there are some of them that are watercolored, aren't they you did some watercolor ones, didn't you Ben?
5: yeah the well, I started off doing a lot of uh ink uh ink washes and watercolor and stuff like that, and then I moved on to doing uh screen printing stuff with like even just the plastisol ink, the stuff that goes onto a t shirt mm. uh, it's got like a really cool uh glossy texture to it, so
3: so does that go into you mentioned before about sort of getting the 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 feeling the vibe of the band is mm-hmm. that does that go into that too choosing your medium like that
5: yeah, yeah, absolutely uh I guess a more of a clean sound would you know. I'd stick with a really kind of a simple design, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, ink washes are really good for a really edgy kind of you know look.
3: Oh, okay, some like more of a garagey sound, mean like more mm-hmm. of a rough texture. Right, right. Cool. Different
5: techniques in watercolor and ink. You know, you can you could portray a, a really edgy sound. So. so, are there
3: other factors involved? I mean, I'm just trying to understand like mm-hmm. uh, that that sort of what, what exactly it is you're capturing from a, a band's sound that translates onto onto the canvas.
5: Um, I guess you know somebody with a with a crazier sound, I might not add a border. It might just go right off the edge of the page. Mm-hmm. Or um, the font might not be real you know, slick. It might be you know, kind of messy. So depending on their sound, yeah.
3: Cool. Now, Josh, what about you? What, what about a band's sound translates onto Canvas?
5: Um, it really,
0: it all depends. Like I, I was talking about earlier, how I, I have them give me a description or something, mm-hmm. and, and the flyer then comes out of that, out of whatever that is. So it's really, I don't take a whole lot... From the band names and put mm-hmm. them into the flyer, which I guess maybe I should do, but necessarily it's made some interesting combinations uh, sure. for certain like folk musicians or, or you know calmer music that have ended up on some pretty vibrant and strange mediums, so I kind of like that, that so
3: what are these what are some of these words that you've been given from the from the bands
0: um, well, the one of the ones I have in the show with uh, a big gas mask and a communist uh, insignia in the eye the my friend just told me uh, communism. He gave me yeah. that one, and I was like, okay, I can play with that. And uh, one guy just told me to uh, give him something interesting to look at, and I went off of that.
3: Hmm. Well, that's a pretty broad description. Yeah, it was that, pretty what, broad. what did you come up with for uh, that? The, one?
0: This one ended up being, it looked like a, it's, it's also in the show, it looks like a, a pulp uh, science fiction cover. Uh, from, like, the 1920s or whatever.
3: Cool. Yeah. yeah, in fact, I think both of those are on the website. Uh, are they? The, the, the communist one I definitely saw. That one really caught my eye. So Cool. Very cool. Well, uh, we've been speaking with uh, Peter, Josh, and Ben from the uh, Scene Metro Space. The Sound and the Fury is the exhibit going on right now uh, until October 21st. It's the uh, Fine Art of Rock posters. Uh, Josh and Ben, of course, artists in that exhibit, and Peter, they're uh, still struggling with, with your title. I guess Master of Puppets is the be- my, my personal favorite. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Uh, uh, it. And, of course, uh, if you're more interested in finding out about this exhibit. Uh, their website is always up and plenty of great exhibits uh, uh, on display there at scenemetrospace.com uh, The exhibit is open Thursday from 2 to 5, Friday from 2 to 9 Saturday from 2 to 9 and Sunday from noon to 4 and of course more info is available on that website. Gentlemen, uh, thanks a lot for for coming in.
0: Thank you so, thank And you nice. uh,
3: We are going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment with uh, Elizabeth Curlew from the uh, Department of Student Life to talk about the 2007 Housing Fair in just a moment
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being
4: wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station.
6: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to
2: the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
0: Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact.
1: Only on Impact Primetime.
5: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893. And now, back to Exposure. And we are back with Exposure. Uh, my name is Wes. We were
3: just speaking with uh, Peter, Josh, and Ben from the uh, Scene Space, talking about their uh, exhibit going on right now, Sound and Fury, the Fine Art of Rock posters. If you missed any of that or just cut the tail end of it, of course, more info is available at scenemetrospace.com. We're going to switch gears now. We're speaking with Elizabeth Curlew from the uh, Department of Student Life. I want to thank you for joining us.
7: Thanks for having me.
3: Now, you're here to talk about the uh, 2007 uh, housing fair. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Now, what's, what's that all about?
7: Well, it's coming up on October 4th. It's from... 12 to 4 in the afternoon in the second floor of the Union. They're going to have a bunch of different Uh, property owners, like management companies, things like that there to tell kids about their place to live, the house owners that own the houses downtown. There's been people there from the co-ops and then also people from the dorms and on-campus housing. But the bigger part of it is the off-campus housing because the campus, like MSU, doesn't do that very Mm. often. They don't really promote off-campus living, so it's really the only time this year you can get a look into that. Uh, The more exciting, you know, the other exciting part of it, not more exciting necessarily, is that we're going to have people from the law school over there teaching you, you know, tips for what to look for in a lease so you don't get signed into something you didn't mean to. Mm. We're going to have people from different, you know, departments on campus that are teaching you about what to look for when, you know, moving off campus, how easy ways to transition. And then people from different like cable companies and electric companies, you know, there to talk about bills and stuff like that. You'll have to look forward to pay and... So we're trying to teach kids about how to live off-campus as sure. well as showing them the options for the so,
3: wh- so now, why is the university advocating, or not advocating, maybe that's the wrong word, but, but providing so much info on off-campus housing? I would think that maybe their interest would be keeping students on campus.
7: Well, because it's to the Department of Student Life, the Department of Student Life is more interested in the students than mm-hmm. they are necessarily in the university's interests. And so they know that this is something kids need to look into, and it's a reality that kids do want to move off-campus sure. into the, you know, apartments and get that part of the college experience so the department of student life understands it, and they just want to give kids an outlet to kids students an outlet <laughs> to go and experience that sort of thing without getting bombarded by all these companies that are giving you all these specials and deals and all of a sudden you're in way over your head and you sure. don't really know what you're doing
3: so what are some of the common uh things to look for when, when moving off campus
7: Well, moving off campus, Uh, location is a big thing kids are interested in, but even if it's not location, because those kind of places that are right downtown, you have to get into right away, which is why we have the housing fair so early. Mm -hmm. I was kind of shocked by the date being October. I didn't start looking until April, of course. Mm -hmm. I didn't end up in the best place, but (laughs) the the best locations are really go the fastest, so location is one thing to look for, Uh, but if you end up off, like the bus routes and stuff like that, we might have some, we're looking at having some people from CATA there just talking about. The different bus routes. Uh, other things to look for is what's included in the lease, because different people include different things. And if you're, you know, if it's a full package deal where the water or the the garbage, you wouldn't think mm-hmm. garbage is a part of it. Sewer right. is a part of it. Phone bill is something else. A lot of kids do cell phones, but some still like to have the landline. So those mm-hmm. are all things you need to consider. And then buyout dates. If you're, you know, going to do an internship over the summer and you need. To get out of the lease over the summer, you need to find a sublease or be able to buy out of the lease. That's another thing you need to look for, the different pet policies, things like that. We're also going to have people from the East Lansing Police Department there talking about noise violations. Oh, very important. I'm in a law class right now and our teacher says that East Lansing has some of the most confusing laws <laughs> and ordinances that he's ever seen. Uh, Not confusing, why? Well, because there's the noise violation and then the noise violation can be brought up to a party violation and uh, and then the party ticket is way more than the noise violation. It can get a little ridiculous. Uh, uh, what, are,
3: what are some of the fines? Do you know offhand?
7: Uh, I, don't, I think the uh, party fi- might be between two and five hundred dollars wow. it's pretty expensive i want to say it's 200 but then i want to say it's 500 so i'm not sure come to the housing fair maybe and <laughs> that'll go. be the way to find there'll out. be a people there to tell you about such things
3: leave the audience uh, with a question to come and answer exactly. that's very very yes. smart very smart yes. well now you mentioned uh you know different places downtown and things like that uh i i keep hearing that it's getting harder for students to find some place close to campus i know there's uh, like chandler crossing for example is a great apartment complex but it's you know way, way the heck anywhere. out there so yeah. is is that the trend that's 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 going on
7: yeah because more kids want to live downtown you know because you know the action's all downtown sure. the good parties for i don't know if you've driven through you know i, downtown, you I, say, I do live down there yeah game. it's crazy But it, it, you know that's where all the fun is and mm-hmm. the really crazy awesome college experience you know and uh that's you know where people want to be that's where i wanted to be and We're talking about different options, like, you don't necessarily think about living in a co-op, but living in a co-op is, you know, something you only get to do when you're in college. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's so much fun, and sure, you're living with a lot of people, but... It's like the dorms you're living with a lot of people. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And you're get a great location and the price may be a little different than living in a house and mm-hmm. things like that. So, you know, just showing them different ways to get to what they want. Sure. Is-
3: no, I did the uh, the eight person house as as an undergrad. It was nice. definitely, you know, it's one of those things. It's 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 a very unusual experience, but you know, looking back, like I'm really glad I did it. You know, yeah. didn't always get along with everybody, but uh, <laughs> certainly, certainly a lot of fun along the way.
7: And all of a sudden, dishes are something that you really mm-hmm. think about a lot more. You didn't think washing dishes was something you were going to be so exactly. focused on. Yeah,
3: going between living living alone and living with roommates, it's a it's a big difference, especially when you have you know that many. Yeah. Um. But getting back to that that subject of, of, of housing near the campus, is, is there a trend of of you know, because uh, ever okay, the reason I ask, I hear a lot of con, you know sort of conspiracy theories about uh, you know like oh they don't want the students near the campus, et cetera, et cetera. Have you heard anything to that effect?
7: Well, I know that they're taking down that whole block on Virginia right. to build up some housing, and they've been building a lot of condos. And every time I hear about new developments in East Lansing, it's a bunch of condos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But the students are really you know what started this town, and so I think the city is trying to make the residents happy. And maybe the residents would be a little more happy if the <laughs> students played their music a little quieter. Certainly, but and you know certain other things didn't go on. But Sorry. you know they need to understand that kids want to live downtown, and there when they do, you know, say, oh, we're going to build these condos. There's always a few apartments involved too. Mm. And while it's not as much, you know, it seems to be going away, but it's still there, and they're still building more and. Yeah, it, there's still options out there to live downtown. I mean, they're fewer and far between as the years go by, but
3: yeah, no, absolutely. It's just it's 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 a const- It seems like it's constantly in flux. That's probably mm-hmm. the best way that I can describe what I keep seeing downtown. Yeah. Um, well, now one question I have for you, uh, you know, something that that students you know, should be concerned about, hopefully that they are, uh, you know, issues with, with landlords. Uh, you know, it's yeah. always the fear that, you know, you're going to have some real jerk, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, get money out of you or something like that, you know, unfairly. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are some of the options that students have if, if that's the case?
7: Well, one of the people that are going to be there are the people that have the rental clinic here on campus. They're right. in the law school. I believe they're in the law school, but they're in the rental clinic. And they can set you up with a lawyer. A friend of mine actually did it. She was having a problem with her management company trying to charge her for things that just were unreasonable to charge Mm -hmm. for. And it was turning out to be quite a bit of money that she wasn't willing to pay. So she got herself a lawyer. Just, you know, they'll give you a free lawyer through that. uh, I'm pretty sure it's a free or low pay lawyer through the rental clinic. And, uh, they can help you look into your legal options and stuff like that. And, you know, on the website, they have, um, a checklist of things you should do when you move in and things that I never thought to do. Like take pictures when you move in, if you see holes or something, take pictures or stains in the carpet. Take pictures sure. so you don't and you know, also you have an actual hard copy evidence of the fact that this was in there. And if you have one of those little things you can put the date on the camera yeah, the time and there. get that yeah. all set up, then you got, you know, t- time, date, all that thing set up and you don't get stuck with bills that you didn't have anything to do with and there's some, you know, they're corporations and they Certainly. can be a little tricky and being a student it gets a little intimidating. So mm-hmm. that's why we're gonna have these different education sessions there to teach kids what their options are. For and when they do get stuck in hard place.
3: Well, now we're speaking with uh, Elizabeth Curlew from the uh, Department of Student Life, talking about the two thousand seven uh, housing fair coming up on October fourth. If there's a question that you've got about housing and you want to uh, uh, take this opportunity to, uh, to to ask Elizabeth right here, the number is four three two three eight nine three. So if you if you have a question, feel free to give us a call in the meantime. But uh, uh, until then, uh, what are some of the advantages uh, living off campus versus on, or or vice versa?
7: Well, just living on campus would be, you know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. You know the university is going to, you know, take care of everything. There's not much thinking involved. It's like they'll set you up with a roommate. They'll set you up with cable, electricity, and you just pay them a big lump sum. But then living off campus, there's just something about the experience of being independent and being on your own and only having, well, sure, your parents might help you out with rent when you get into a tight spot, Uh, But being able to be independent and practice being an adult and a grown-up and taking (laughs) out the garbage and... Making sure the lawn is the proper length, because that is a city ordinance. Lawn has to be a certain length.
3: It's true. I've actually had a couple of friends who have been uh, not necessarily fine, but, but talked Warned. to about that. Yes. exactly. Warned. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah, just various things like that I'm sure will we'll be at the housing fair, too. But stuff that you don't really think about right away when right. it comes to moving into a new place, that, that uh, taking photos of, of anything in your apartment, that's actually a really good tip. I
7: remember I had a sublease uh, two summers ago. And I gave the guy a check. It was just like a friend of a friend kind of thing. And then I went to move in, and I realized I had never gotten a house key. So, I mean, that was like kind of a, (laughs) oh, silly kind of situation. But, you know, things happen, and you Mm -hmm. don't think of everything that needs to come up with such...
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's some, some real horror stories out there as far as moving into places. Too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've all heard those. Uh, now, speaking of the uh, the housing fair, uh, I also have uh, down that you'll be giving away prizes and giveaways. What, what sort of stuff can people expect?
7: Well, we have a... a- quite a few things collected already that we've been going around. I've actually been the person going around fundraising, going to see what the pe- like local businesses can donate. Noodles & Company is giving us some certificates. Taco Bell is giving us some certificates. Um, working on Tony's and Espresso Royale and a couple other places, uh, FPC, the record store, is also helping us no, out with favorite. a couple things. Yeah. I know, I was just in there last Excellent. week buying stuff, and I was <laughs> like, oh, by the way, why don't you... And they said yes. Very cool. But one of the most exciting things we have, which... Uh, Kelly Sweet from the athletic department helped me out with is getting a Tom Izzo basketball, so oh, it's wow. a basketball signed by Tom Izzo. Very cool. And when we had our table, its participation of quite a few people threatened to steal that. So <laughs> oh, I, I know it. people are going to be pretty excited about it. Very cool.
3: Yeah. So so definitely some good info and some good stuff to pick up as well. Definitely. Very cool. So now, what what is the number one thing that you hope students walk away from the the student fair with? I mean, other than the basketball, of course. <laughs> yeah.
7: <laughs> well, I hope that they're able to. The thing I like about the housing fair is everybody's kind of on a level playing field. You get a table, Mm -hmm. you get this 8 feet, 8 by 2 feet or whatever, and you have the student's attention while they're walking by to plug your thing and make them want to live at your place. And I like how they can go to any of these different tables, and then they can go to people that can tell them, you need to look for this thing and that thing, and you need to make sure you don't break this law or that law. Mm -hmm. And I just want them to be able to... Be able to go to the housing fair and get as much information as I can. If they go to one or two tables, fine. If they go to all the tables, great. And be able to go there and then go back, you know, when they're saying, hey, you know, parents who may be co-signing with me (laughs) or friends who I'm trying to come live with me, I want to live in this place and I already have all this information, all the questions that they're going to ask and say, oh, did you think of this? Did you think of this? They're going to already know all those things. So when they get in there and all these Problems come up, well, not problems, but eh, little
3: concerns perhaps. concerns yeah. into
7: moving into being an independent person, they know the answers already, and they know what they should do.
3: Excellent. Well, it sounds like a lot of info and a lot of great prizes to, to be given away, too. Uh, this has been uh, – we've been speaking with uh, Elizabeth Curley from the Department of Student Life, talking about the 2007 Housing Fair uh, coming up on October 4th from noon until 4 at this, on the second floor of the Union Ballroom. Lots of great prizes and giveaways, as well as uh, lots of great info. Uh, uh, at that event. Uh, both uh, representatives from on-campus and off-campus housing are going to be there, and if there's more info that you need, the info is at studentlife.msu.edu. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Well,
7: thank you for having me, Wes.
3: Certainly, anytime. and we are going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment with uh, Chad Badgerow from the uh, Peppermint Creek Theater Company to talk about their production of fiction in just a moment.
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
2: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Prime Time. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
0: Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's progressive torch and twang, torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only oh, on The Impact
5: Primetime. You're listening to
1: Exposure on
5: 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893 And now... Back to Exposure. All right, we are
3: back. We were just speaking with Elizabeth Curlew from the uh, Department of Student Life, talking about the 2007 housing fair. If you missed any of that, uh, info is at studentlife.msu.edu. We're going to change gears now. We're speaking with uh, a full house tonight, uh, representatives from the Peppermint Creek Theater Company. We've got Brad, Heather, Caitlin, and Chad. Chad on my right, Brad on my left, which I uh, <laughs> made that mistake during the break. But uh, I want to thank you all for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Now, you. you guys are putting on uh, fiction uh, mm-hmm. as, as the production. Uh, tell us what that's all about.
8: Uh, fiction is the uh, opener of our two thousand seven oh eight season. We're thrilled about it. It's by Stephen Dietz. And it's basically about uh, two writers who uh, the wife finds out that she has a brain tumor and before she dies, she says she wants uh, to read her husband's journals and for him to read her journals after she dies. And so um, through reading his journals she finds that uh, he has had an affair early on in their relationship, uh, and that has progressed throughout their whole relationship up to the present day. And oh, then wow. So when he returns home, he denies that it, he says that it's fiction, and that's not true. He made it up, and, and then, so the ensuing play, kind of, he jumps back and forth in time, uh, and you see, and you meet the girl that he supposedly had the affair with. And uh, it's basically all about that whether or not it, whether or not it's true what's true what's fact what's fiction. Wow, yeah.
3: that sound, yeah, it sounds yeah, sounds kind of a. I don't want to say head trip, but that's a it, it is, is sort a, of. I guess yeah. I don't know. I don't know if how you
8: guys
4: feel about that, but I think that I no, think it's it's actually
1: a it's a musical comedy. comedy. Oh, <laughs> It's because it sounds hilarious. As a drama. Yeah, right. yeah, it's very light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly.
3: <laughs> well, now, uh, which which parts uh, do you folks play?
1: I play the guy. You're the guy. Yeah, I'm Just the guy. The guy. I imagine that. <laughs> and uh, um, my name is Michael, and I'm a writer, and I, I'm somebody that that uh, early in my life, in my twenties, uh, puts down people that write commercially, and I turn into what I put down, of course. So as ah. I'm closer to fifty, I've turned into my my own worst uh, nightmare. <laughs> you know, happens to a lot of us. <laughs>
6: And I play Linda, I play his wife, and I am the unfortunate soul that gets diagnosed with a brain tumor. Uh-huh. And so um, the play jumps back and forth between, uh, you know, past and present day, but kind of what ensues from me reading his journals and, and the fallout of that. And there are there are more um, issues and uh, more complex things going on than just the simple affair. There's a lot more going on underneath. So it kind of mirrors life, you know, what's fact, what's fiction, um, and what's perception? You know, because it's people's perception as to what's true.
3: And and Caitlin, your role?
6: I play Abby Drake, the girl. Ah, the other girl. <laughs> yeah,
3: the other girl and the <laughs> Other woman. Now, this is a question for for all of you. Uh, we'll start with uh, with Chad. What what about this production sort of drew your attention? What what appealed to you about this? Well,
8: uh, people who know me or know uh, I love dialogue plays. Mm. Uh, I think that. Um, and you know Peppermint Creek is very much focused on uh, current relevant issues and stuff like that and and I think that this play is fantastic in both of those realms. I think that it 's written beautifully some of the ways some of the phrases and the the language in the play is so beautiful and uh, really awesome to listen to. but then also the situation is so uh, captivating and really um, believable and engaging. I think that the idea of you know, that these two these two characters who think that they know so much about each other, who've mm-hmm. lived this really honest, candid life, uh, turn out to have a lot of secrets that neither one of them knew about. And I think that that's very true in life with people that you care about. You know, that we don't always open up as much as we'd like to believe that the people in our lives do. And so that's one thing that really drew me to the play. And I really love Stephen Dietz as a playwright. He's a tremendous, tremendous
1: writer. Makes yeah, sense. a couple years ago, well, more than that now, uh, Riverwalk did a production of Dracula, and it was Steven Dietz's adaptation of oh. Dracula. I, just a little bit of trivia. I got to play uh, Van Helsing in that production, so I'm I'm happy to come back to Stephen. So you're well versed with Stephen Deeds. <laughs> Stephen Deeds is my guy. Yeah, way back. Know, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, so now we'll, we'll switch over to, to Brad. What what about this role was, was was appealing to you?
1: You know, I alluded a little bit to it earlier about the idealism of the uh, Michael as a young man and the realism of him as he's uh, approaching fifty years old, probably. Uh, And and as Chad mentioned, this play does bounce back and forth a little bit. Um, And so I really, I like that because I think in in my own life, I'm I'm actually over 50 right now. And Mm -hmm. in my own life, uh, I've gone through some of those changes. And so the ability to try to... Put that out on stage, the youthful enthusiasm, and then what does this character turn into a little bit? Because he's not beaten, he's not defeated, but he's wiser. And, and, and when you're flipping back and forth between the past and the present uh, mm-hmm. with no costume change or anything other than how you bring the character, that's quite a challenge to try to do that and pull it off. Certainly.
3: Certainly. Now, Heather, uh, what about you? I mean, uh, this is a very heavy role for it someone is to play. Heavy What's, what, what appeals to you about it? That's Such a heavy what role. appeals that is, that's to me, <laughs>
6: truly. Um, I read the script, and I was drawn into the language of it. I dabble in writing a little bit myself, although I would never presume to call myself a writer. <laughs> uh, um, but just the language, the, the dialogue, um, the subject matter. I've been married for a long time, and it's interesting to think that you can have – um, what you, what your perception is, what you perceive to be a really solid, honest relationship, and you know, come to find out that there are secrets that we hold. And, and so, I was very drawn to it for that reason. But um, I just love working with Chad, and Peppermint Creek Theater Company is phenomenal. And so, I'm always happy to be a part of their productions.
3: Excellent. Well, now Caitlin, to wrap it up with you, what as the other woman, uh, was that was that the draw for you?
6: Yes. Um, no. i I actually entered into it late, but. Um... Everyone was really caring, and I don't know. I got right into it, and it was a lot of fun, and I'm having a lot of fun.
3: Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so uh, I, I, mean, I kind of mentioned this earlier about it being so, such a heavy, heavy work. How do you handle something like that? I mean, obviously, you know, not, not the musical comedy that, that Brad mentioned. That, I mean, <laughs> but it is. I mean wh- how do you approach something like that?
8: Uh, you mean a serious topic yeah
3: something that something that kind of weighty
8: yeah i don't really think of it as weighty oh. it's interesting i don't know what you guys think about that i don't yeah. see it as necessarily a weighty work i mean i it it deals with issues that are mm-hmm. hard but i but i feel like it's actually written with a lot a lot more sarcasm and humor oh. uh more than i think the weightiness is obviously dealt with but i and, and the situation Certainly is one where I think audiences. go, Oh my God! I, if that, I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I don't know if it's necessarily weighty as much as it's, um, just extremely engaging. And mm-hmm. and and you know, for me, a three-person play is so is so easy to work with. You know, it's what I, I, I'm drawn very much to smaller cast things. So that's easy. And the and the the langu- the you know, the dialogue works on its own. You know, so in fact, it's it's been more about just. Letting them be on stage and letting them run with it and letting them make choices and i don't feel i don't feel like i don 't know and i 'm anxious for the actors to talk about what they think about the the weightiness of the topic sure, i don't yeah. think it really
6: I really think there are um, although it deals with serious issues and yeah. complex issues, I really feel that there are many many moments of lightness oh. and and beauty, and the language and the, the dialogue is is just a lot of it is very lyrical and magical, so th- there are many moments of lightness and
3: Excellent. So uh, one question I had as far as the sort of plot point goes, uh, you know, we, we learn about, uh, you know, the husband's, uh, uh, you know, infidelity. infidelity, I guess is the way to put <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, now, is they're reading each other's uh, journals. Is that correct? So now does he learn anything about her in the process?
6: Well, what's interesting is because I'm the one dying, I'm mm-hmm. setting the rules. and course. And, my, and I – tell him that I want to read his obviously before I go Mm -hmm. and he can read mine after I've died. Oh, I see. And so I, I kind of get away with that. (laughs) So we're really only dealing with his, his side of it.
1: And, and there is the there sense. is a secret, but we're going to keep that. That would be too much of a spoiler. Oh, and all we'll say is that Caitlin's part Abby, secret. she plays not only in the infidelity with the husband, but in the wife's secret too. So Ooh. that's what we, and that's what Very makes it really triangle. fun. Certainly, <laughs> wow, now I'm intrigued. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I want to reiterate what Chad said before, and what and what Heather said. There is a lot of humor and lightness mm-hmm. that, and anybody that's gone through uh, a, a serious illness with somebody knows that one of the ways you deal with it in part is to is to have humor and you you have to laugh at yourself a little bit because if it was just so intense all the time you couldn't make it well this plays like that too Ooh, it, right. it has to laugh at
8: it and i don't think that it really uh you don't ever really see her illness that's no. really not part of the play no, okay. i think i mean it's the inciting incident that kind of like sets all the action in the motion catalyst, yeah. mm-hmm. but i don't think that it's not about really like her seeing her as she deteriorates—you don't ever see that. It's—it's it's really more about okay, this because this is happening now. It's all about their issue of their relationship and right. whether or not like this this event happened in the past. So, awesome yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah. I always think that because whenever we talk about the idea that it's. Uh, of her having this mental or this the brain tumor. Mm-hmm. I think people probably think, oh gosh, it must be so right. heavy, you right, know, right. and it's really not it's not. Yeah, really that picture
3: of love story in your head. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very notebook like yeah. not, that. Like, <laughs> not <Exactly>. <laughs> Although it's as
8: beautiful as the notebook, if I may say.
3: Certainly, I think that's certainly your role
8: to say yeah. that, absolutely.
3: Now, uh, this is uh, part of the season which has its own title, Innocent Betrayals. Mm-hmm. What's, wh- what's the, the title all about?
8: Well, we, we do not choose a theme and, that, and then pick plays. We just kind of we pick our plays in our season, and then we kind of look at the whole thing on the whole. And the idea of um, betrayals and betraying people but, but that come out of choices that we make out of necessity... Uh, is sort of where that the title comes from, you mm-hmm. know. And in this play, it plays out, and you'll see. I think the choices that they, that the, both, um, all three of them, I think, make to survive on their own and, and deal with issues in their own life, but then also in getting through situations uh, together in the relationships that they have. But yeah, how that. Um, when it comes out, and when it 's viewed by the other person, it seems like a betrayal you know and really is that a betrayal and i think that's an i think that 's an interesting question and a, a question we're excited to kind of explore with our audiences this whole season about you know what is a betrayal and mm-hmm. i mean can there be something that 's innocent or you know and and that's why it's it's well started by fiction because the idea of you know i think on a larger scale this play is you know is it it might what might be true for one person doesn't necessarily mean that it's true for another sure, person sure. you know and so um, and I think that, that falls into the the uh, the theme of our season this year. So
3: now, what other sort of innocent betrayals are coming up this season?
8: Um, well, we have uh, our second show. Good question. <laughs> uh, our second show, uh, "I Am My Own Wife," is based on um, Charlotte von Malsdorf, who was um, someone who lived. It was a real life person who lived in uh, Nazi Germany, pre-war hmm. Nazi Germany, and then through all throughout that whole endeavor. And so, and she. Uh, and, and she went through a lot of like harboring fugitives and like in the things that she went through, she was a transvestite, and like the things that she she dealt with and the way she had to lie to the Nazis um, and, and other the communist regime uh, to survive it kind of falls into the idea of like betraying but yet for obviously a larger cost sure. um, our our musical a new brain uh, is very much about um, about how our, our ideas. Our, our views of life and how um, I think that we can be very cynical until we are forced into an extreme situation and then um, and the ways that we cope with those and how that, I think when we cope the, the things that we do for ourselves to cope can be we have to sometimes betray other people or do we have to do that um, I think is the question that's arisen in, in that in the musical and um, rabbit hole our fourth show is phenomenally written also uh, just the, uh, just won the Pulitzer Prize um, wow. last year and uh, it's about a family who goes through who loses their four year old son and gets hit by a car a tragic accident and then um, and, and then the play starts eight months after that's happened and basically how the couple is is dealing with that and how they're grappling to try to stay together but also dealing separately in their own ways and that very much is about they both feel very very betrayed both by life and sure. each other and, and their family and because they're not kind of getting the the support they need. Right. And our final show, Stuff Happens, uh, is very, very political. This one kind of <laughs> interested me. I yes, it more is. Than, than uh, other ones. And I'm really yeah. thrilled about it. Um, both Heather and Brad were actually in uh, Skylight three seasons ago. Two? Three, three. seasons ago. Uh, that was by David Hare, um, who wrote Stuff Happens. Um, and it's taken uh, from... David Hare has taken actual like chunks and huge parts of like speeches that have been given uh, politically and, uh, and various things that that political figures have said and it is the actual dialogue in this play and it's basically just about the onslaught um to the Iraq war mm and uh And all the va- various players are part of this play, so George Bush is on stage, and Condoleezza rice and you know and and Rummy. And, and Rummy <laughs> everyone, yeah Rummy, right, and Tony Blair and all those characters and so it's very much uh and I don't think that it's biased in any way. I think mm. a lot of people think that it's going to be biased given what whether they think they know my political beliefs, which I'll never claim one way or the other, <laughs> at least on the air and then uh, <laughs> and uh but I don't think it's biased at all, I think that it uh it puts these people—that's what's genius about this play—is that it puts their words on stage, hmm. and and so whether whatever you think about those, it's up to you. But I think that, but it's a really really uh, exciting play that is very very relevant, and very topically timely right now, Certainly. and so and obviously the idea of betrayals. Um, politically are very fresh and, and I think the public's mind right now. So well, <laughs> Yeah, believe it or not, I know, I can't believe I said it. Brad is shocked, yeah. shocked right. to yeah. find yeah. this out. Know. We went there, we
3: went there. <laughs> so that's your, that's your final Innocent Betrayal, the, the, the first one, of course, being uh, fiction, coming up on uh, September 27th, or excuse me, uh, yes, yeah, September 27th mm-hmm. through the 30th and uh, October 4th through the 6th. Uh, any final comments for anyone uh, about what, uh, what audiences should get out of this, what, why people should go?
2: It's a very intimate show and
6: it's very true to life, I think. Excellent.
1: And and the other answer to the question, why am I involved in this play? There's two beautiful women involved Aww. in it. That it never hurts. hurts. So, they, and your, your listening audience can't really pick that up. No, I <laughs> can't. Well, you both sound beautiful too, right. so I'm sure everyone can hear it.
3: <laughs> well, that's uh, that's fiction. Uh, this uh, excuse me, on uh, September 27th through the 30th and October 4th th- through the 6th at Perspective 2, 319 Grand River in Old Town. Uh, for more info, it's available at uh, peppermintcreek.org org or by calling five. 517-927-3016. Everybody, thanks so much for coming in. This has been fantastic. You, All right, well, uh, break a leg, and uh, oh, we will be back in just a moment speaking with El Zubar from uh, uh, one of the local sororities about a philanthropic event that they've got going on in just a moment.
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
5: And now we're
2: going
3: to have a we are back with the impact exposure. We were just speaking with, uh, well, in fact, the entire cast and the artistic director of uh, the upcoming performance of *Fiction* over at the peppermint- Pe- excuse me, Peppermint Creek Theater Company. If you missed any of that, uh, more info is available, of course, at peppermintcreek.org. To wrap up this evening, we're speaking with uh, Ellie Subar from uh, Sigma Delta Tau, talking about uh, uh, philanthropic events you guys have going on. I want to thank you for being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
3: Certainly. Well, now go ahead and tell us what this is all about.
2: Well, uh, Monday, October eighth, we're having a philanthropy event to raise money for our national philanthropy, uh, Prevent Child Abuse America. And every year we try to do two to three events, and this is our first one of the semester, and we're very excited for this. Um, We are having guest grillers at Mongolian Barbecue, and everybody who comes a certain amount of their meal, some of the proceeds will go to our philanthropy
3: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, now, uh, so the, this is going to be going on at the at the sorority house, or no? This oh. is at Mongolian barbecue. Oh, it's at the grill. Okay, yes. excellent. In
2: Okemos, and so our girls will actually be grilling the food.
3: Oh, very cool. And how, are you going to be involved with, with the actual grilling, or are you yes, more the I will uh, upper level administration? Oh
2: no, I will be there <laughs> grilling and flipping. And
3: now, have so, you done anything like this before? And, I mean, they have the huge grill there.
2: Uh, no, I haven't done anything like this before. We've been. Warned of the heat that it gets, <laughs> and we can burn ourselves, but it's part of the fun. It's part
3: of the... <laughs> well, it would be any fun without any kind of element of danger, I suppose. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Very cool. Now, so what What? Uh, what made you guys choose uh, Prevent Child Abuse America?
2: Um. Actually, in 1982, our national convention decided to adopt that as their uh, national philanthropy. Hmm. And since then, they've been dedicated to prevention of child abuse on national and local levels. Every year, all the uh, Sigma Delta Tau chapters raise about an average of $50,000 and donate it to the national PCAA.
3: I see. Now, you said you have uh, three, usually three throughout the year. Is that right? Yes. Now, do you you benefit the same group each time, or do you kind of mix that up?
2: Usually we do. Usually Mm -hmm. we just stick to this one, philanthropy. There's several uh, organizations on campus, each one with their own main philanthropy so you know you try to stick to your own ones and help out other ones though there's several other events going on and you just got to be there for other organizations
3: I can do we get a sneak peek of what uh, what other kind of events you guys have going on throughout the year
2: Um we are still in the works for what's coming up next semester um there's usually one in April because April is child abuse prevention month Oh okay and so we'll probably have something going on then and last summer, we our last semester we had a um Valentine's Day bash and just kind of raised money. It was a fun little dance. So. Sure. Little things just help out work out.
3: Absolutely. Now, uh what what sort of money do you typically raise from from uh, events like this?
2: Um we can raise a couple hundred dollars per event. Kind of adds up throughout the year.
3: Certainly, certainly. So now, do you do you do this w- in conjunction with other uh, folks in the Greek system, or is this sort of like a, is there any kind of element of competition there? How does that work?
2: No competition. Uh, we do invite other organizations, and you know, you try to. Each organization typically has a fund to go support other ones. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't say there's competition. You kind of just go help each other out. You know how it is. You. All these philanthropies are pretty, you know, good. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Certainly going to a good cause. That's that's for yes, sure. Yes, yes. Uh, now, what is, getting involved with with BD's Mongolian Barbecue. Uh, are, are 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 you girls just doing the the grill? Is are the is there other stuff going on? Are you serving tables? What's what's going on 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 your own end of it?
2: Well, we are doing the grill mm-hmm. from six to nine. We do have. Girls at the girl at all times. We are also doing a... We're selling teddy bears Mm. and donating the money from those. And then we do have several people from the local chapter of PCAA here in Lansing in the works right now of planning some sort of other fundraiser, either donating toys, which is something we're thinking of doing. So if you guys have any toys to donate, it's always a great way to help. It lowers the financial burden for families. Mm -hmm. Um. Just donating things like that, or always money.
3: So now, have you guys done something like this before? Is this, uh, or, is, or is the grill thing sort of a, a new idea? This is a
2: brand new idea. So now,
3: where did that come from? Um,
2: I just, <laughs> we just like Mongolian bark It's always a fun place. I know other people have done it in the past. Always thought it was a fun idea. It's mm-hmm. a great atmosphere to be there, and great food.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, now, so you, you kind of touched upon a couple of the things in my next question for you. what What is it personally that you get out of, out of uh, doing events like these?
2: Uh, it just gives you a satisfying feeling knowing that you're doing something that's not benefiting you at all. Oh. It's just, it's satisfying knowing that you're out there helping other people, helping these kids in need who don't have a lot of things that we grew up with or that we have and don't really realize how lucky we are to have them. And it's completely unbeneficial to myself. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. yeah. in it for me. So
3: Sort of a, sort of selfless acts, I yes. suppose. Yeah. So now, uh, not to of course, you know, give away any too much personal information, but is there anyone within your, your sorority that, that is personally uh, connected to, uh, uh, this, this organization?
2: Honestly, not that I know of. Okay. Um, there possibly could be, but mm-hmm. that is a very personal. Certainly,
3: yeah. I don't want to give away so, any info, but i was just curious as to yeah. what the connection was between your house and uh, and the organization. Uh, are there? And you said there's going to be folks there from PCAA. Yes. And they just have a, a booth set up. What's what's their role? Uh,
2: for those who are coming, they I would like them to RSVP mm-hmm. by October 1st to Subar Rev at MSU.edu and people from PCAA are going to be there eating, enjoying, just basically coming and supporting us.
3: Excellent. Uh any any other folks involved other than uh, the PCAA?
2: We are trying to get some people from downtown, like the lobbyists who support these organizations hmm. to come. We're talking to them right now, waiting from them. So <laughs> We'll see. So now
3: what, what goes into the, uh, the planning of an event like this? I'm sure this is not just some, uh, let's, oh, let's do it this weekend. We'll get to, get to, get to it later on. I mean, this has got to be kind of a big deal. Uh,
2: it took a couple months to set up a date to make sure we had everything. Um, it's right after recruitment. So I had to make sure it oh, yeah. followed that. And then had to make sure um, people can come. It wasn't in conflict with midterm resort. We had to figure out what we can donate, what kind of fundraisers else we can have. Um, just figuring out little details mm-hmm. took a lot of the work. Working on posters and pamphlets for the tables, which we're working on right now. It's just all the itty bitty oh, details yeah. that. The
3: details always take the most time. Exactly. <laughs> That's very cool. Um... Oh shoot, I just had another something else popped up in my head while I was talking about that and now of course on air. Completely <laughs> slipped my mind. Uh Oh, that was what I was going to ask. Uh now as far as the folks that are that are coming, uh mm-hmm. you know, people who want to to help, you know, uh, per uh, res- you know, with re- reservations all that sort of thing. What is it that you hope that they get out of it? Uh you mentioned your own sense of of, of selfless acts is it the same thing or do you, are you hoping that they get something else?
2: Either that or just the fact of coming out there and supporting your fellow community members Mm. i mean we're all no matter where you what city you're from we're all in lansing right now and there is a big lansing chapter of pcaa here that needs help and needs support and even if it's not for your own selfless act it's for supporting the community that you're in right now
3: now if if folks can't make it out to this on on monday october 8th is there another way that they can help uh, benefit the pcaa
2: well as i said there is the chapter here Mm -hmm. and you can always donate Your time, your money, and even if you don't donate either one of those, you can, just by befriending a child and saying hi when they go by or Mm -hmm. asking them how their day was or volunteering at a school or donating old clothes, old toys, little things like that, that helps even more than going here you know I, I always I always hear as. folks
3: come you know come on and talking about different uh, benefits like this they always say it's the, like the, the little things it's always you know like you don't people don't seem to realize just by giving a, a toy like that how far that goes so exactly. you know I, I can definitely understand that uh, we're speaking with uh, Ellie Subar from uh, Sigma Delta Tau about the upcoming uh, let's see what's what is the name of the event is there a specific name going on for this
2: we don't have a specific name for this okay
3: Bye. But basically, the uh, the girls over at uh, Sigma Delta Tau will be uh, grilling on the two thousand pound, six hundred degree grill over at uh, BD's nice. Mongolian Barbecue in in Okemos to help raise money for uh, Prevent Child Abuse America. Uh, that is going on Monday, October eighth. Uh, actually, yeah, this very soon. Actually, I didn't realize how mm-hmm. soon that was. Uh, from six until nine p.m., uh, BD's will be donating a portion of the uh, of the uh, the bills for every reservation to. Uh, to the, the, the organization. Uh, anyone who's interested in uh, attending, uh, should RSVP to Ellie by the 1st of October, uh, the number for that, 616-889-0497 or emailing, and I'm going to spell this one out, S U B A R R ev at msu.edu uh so uh sigma delta tau helping out some folks uh for the uh uh, excuse me for the uh, prevent child abuse america organization ellie uh, thanks so much for coming in and telling us all about that
2: thank you very much for having me
3: certainly anything else you want to uh, leave us with uh, as far as the event's concerned
2: um i just hope that it ends up as well as i predict that it will.
3: I hope, it, I hope you double the amount <laughs> that you got last time. Uh, well, We've been speaking with uh, Ellie Subar, as well as uh, some folks from the uh, Peppermint Creek Theater Company tonight, uh, and Elizabeth Curley from the Department of Student Life, and uh, folks from Scene Metro Space. All this info, if you missed any of it, is still available, of course, on our website at impact89fm.org. We have the Exposure podcast up there, so be sure to check that out if you missed any of tonight's show. Thanks again for listening. My name is Wes, and uh, we're going to switch things over to the Progressive Torch and Twang. One of the best shows we've got here on The Impact, if I do say so myself. And uh, I want to thank you again for listening and we'll be back next Tuesday, same time, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Thanks a lot.
2: Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure only on 88.9 The Impact.